0: Try to separate your identity from your work. Get your identity from who God made you to be, not just your career.
1: Hey, this is Liberty from the Know Why podcast. Our next Know Why series beginning today will be about thriving at work. Work is something we all have to do. So how do we do it well? How can we overcome imposter syndrome? How can we avoid burning out? How can we build a successful career, a strong sense of identity, and a fulfilling life? Those are all questions we'll be addressing over the next several weeks, so keep listening and share these episodes with your friends or coworkers. Are you ready to know why? Let's go. Welcome to the Know Why podcast. We are in a series on thriving at work. This is something relevant that can apply to all listeners because work is something that we all have to do in some form or another. And today, you're really gonna wanna listen to this episode because we are talking about something very important that will help you thrive at work, how to avoid Burnout. My guest today is senior pastor, Dr. Eddie Brewer. He's the pastor of Capitol Hill Assembly in Oklahoma City. And he actually did his doctoral dissertation in avoiding burnout, specifically in clergy, since he's a pastor as well. But a lot of the research that he has done has applies to everybody, anybody who has to work. Um, and so, Dr. Eddie, thank you so much for joining the Know Why podcast today.
0: Thank you, Liberty. It's my pleasure to be with you today.
1: I wanted to talk about this topic of burnout because um, there's actually research showing that workplace stress is at an all-time high. This came out in 2023, and so it's gone up since the last time they studied it in the spring of 2021. Um, And so this this research that I'm talking about, which, by the way, you can find at our website at nowaypodcast.com. They studied over 10,000 workers at desk-based full-time jobs in six countries. Over 40% said they were burnt out. But the reason that I really wanted to get into this is because people most likely to experience burnout were workers under 30 as well as women. And so nearly half, 48% of people 18 to 29 in that survey said that they feel drained compared to workers who are over the age of 30. So this is really affecting our generations. And that's something that we want to address on the Know Why podcast. So uh, Dr. Eddie is going to help us dive into all of this and what it means and how we can avoid work uh, burnout at work. But before we jump in, Dr. Eddie, just go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and what all you do.
0: I've been in pastoral ministry all of my adult life. I was born and raised in Dallas, Texas, and lived there most of my life, but we've been in Oklahoma City now for the last eight years. My wife and I have been married for 48 years now, and we have four wonderful children. They're all married, and they're scattered around the country, two in the Dallas area, one in Michigan, and one in Virginia. So uh, we're blessed as a family.
1: Great. Well, again, we appreciate you joining the podcast. And so I want to ask you, why did you want to study burnout in clergy? What drew you to doing that for your dissertation?
0: One of the reasons that I was drawn to that topic is because I felt like I had gone through some, some of the uh, symptoms of burnout, although I wouldn't describe mine as a major burnout like some people have described theirs but I certainly understood the pressures and the stress that ministers go through. And the second reason that I was drawn to this topic is because I saw so many ministers who were stressed out and were experiencing burnout and actually dropping out of ministry, especially younger ministers. And I was very concerned about that. So I wanted to do some research to see if I could help uh, with those who are going through burnout, but also help prevent it.
1: Wow. And what are some of the things that you found that surprised you when you started digging into this?
0: One of the things that surprised me was that in my research, and you highlighted it as well from the article you referenced, that it's the younger workers who are burning out more than the older workers. Mm-hmm. And part of that may be because older guys like me have built up some resilience. Uh, We've been in it a while, and so we've stuck it out. But a lot of the younger workers, not only clergy, but uh, across the board, uh, that was kind of a surprising thing to me because the majority of burnout among ministers happens within the first five years, and the majority of that happens in the first three years. Wow. um, and And it was the younger clergy that were experiencing more than anyone else. So that was one of the surprising things. Um, women experience burnout more than men, um, and part of that might be due to uh, they feel work and uh, family responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Not that the men don't, but they may feel more of that responsibility as a mom, especially f- for single mothers. So that may be one of the factors for women. So that was kind of one of the surprising things for me as well. And then I also found out that unmarried singles are most likely to experience burnout. Wow. Those who are married are at least li- are are the least likely to experience burnout, and people who are divorced experience burnout more than those who are married, but less than those who are single. Uh, and among those who are married, individuals who are childless are more likely to experience burnout than those with children. So that was another factor that that was somewhat surprising to me.
1: Wow. That is all so fascinating, and I'm surprised by that, too. Um, I definitely want to hear more of what you found and your perspective on like why that might be. And also for listeners, if you're young or kind of just new in your career and you're thinking, I shouldn't be experiencing burnout yet. Why am I feeling this way? well, you are not alone. Statistically, there are a lot of other people who are feeling the same way. And so hopefully we can address some some tips and advice to help you get through this season. Um, but before we go any further, kind of diving into the why of everything, can you, I think when you say burnout, if anybody's experienced it, they're probably like, I know what you're talking about, but let's go ahead and get the official definition of what we're talking about here.
0: All right. Christina Maslak is a Professor Emeritus from uh, UC Berkeley. And she has done an amazing amount of research on burnout and even uh, developed the Maslach burnout inventory that a lot of people have used. And so I've drawn a lot of things from her research. And she defined burnout with three components. The first is emotional exhaustion. And that's a feeling of being overwhelmed by all the emotional demands that mm-hmm. are imposed by other people around us. The second one is cynicism. That's, that's when uh, we start to feel more negative and cynical or even excessively detached uh, from, um, from other people around us. And then the third component of burnout is a lack of personal accomplishment. And that's defined as an erosion of a person's sense of effectiveness. You just feel like you're not accomplishing much and you don't feel good about where you are in life. So those are the three main factors that I would consider uh, that would describe burnout really well.
1: Hmm. So maybe if someone's listening and they didn't think they were burned out, I feel like a lot of people may be leaning in a little bit saying, hmm, I'm kind of experiencing some of those things. So uh, let's... Go back to Millennials and Gen Z for a minute. Um, another thing that I felt was finding before we started recording this episode um, was a quote. This was reported on by CNBC. This was the article talking about the recent research about high stress levels in workers around the world and, um, one of the uh, experts in the article, um, she's a psychologist, says that younger millennials and Gen Z were raised with a lot of pressure to be high achievers, but are starting their careers in a chaotic landscape where they have little autonomy and freedom to find a meaningful, well-paid job. And we know that in the last few years with the pandemic and everything like that, it kind of did throw a lot of people into uncertainty. A lot of college students, their routines were disrupted Um Actually, the younger generation were the least likely to be able to find work or were experiencing more layoffs. And so a lot of things were just kind of thrown up into the air. And, you know, this has been hard, but there's never really any 100% certainty that things aren't going to uh, get thrown out of whack or be chaotic whenever you're a worker. I mean, you work for almost a lifetime, you know, and so it's likely that there's going to be some uncertain times with uh, job changes or layoffs or whatever at any point. So do you have any recommendations on coping mechanisms for when someone's career looks different than they thought it might or when they are facing uncertainty at work?
0: One of the things I found out about burnout is unrealistic expectations is a major factor. So that can be unrealistic expectations of the job and sometimes we also have unrealistic expectations of ourselves and what we can accomplish or what we should be doing and that kind of thing. So one of the suggestions I would have is, if possible, before you take a job, try to find out what the expectations for that role is, uh, because you talk to the interviewer or talk to your supervisor, but um, have realistic expectations of yourself and the job and Jim Collins wrote some great books and one of the one of his quotes that I really like is he said get the right people on the bus and then get the people on the bus in the right seats. Mm. So it's possible that some workers might be in the wrong seat. Maybe they need to change their tasks or responsibilities or roles even within the same company if they're not a good fit right now. Um, so that might be a possibility, but also I would I would say People who have a high tolerance for ambiguity rather than a a demand for precision and tranquility are going to be a lot happier in his or her job. So you just got to go with the flow a little bit with some of the uh, unusual things that happen, such as the the pandemic, Mm -hmm. Uh, because my research was done primarily before that, and it's only gotten worse with burnout since the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. Another suggestion I would have would be uh, do more than is expected. Now I don't mean overwork because overwork is one of the factors that contributes to burnout. What I do mean though is make yourself such a valuable employee that the company doesn't want to lose you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I did a recent interview with a, a college graduate, a, a person who had just graduated from college for a position that we had at our church. And she asked a lot of questions about comp time And work schedule issues and she wanted a high salary even though she had no experience and she was more interested in those things than anything else excuse me and I uh, reluctantly hired her because we needed somebody to fill that position but it was evident in the first four weeks she couldn't do the job and had misrepresented her abilities and I had to, to terminate her mainly because of abilities but also because of her attitude so I would just say Make sure you have a good attitude and make make the employer want to keep you, uh, e- even if they're having some cutbacks, you be the employee who does such a great job above and beyond that they don't want to lose you.
1: Yeah, that's good advice. And I really liked what you said about um, our expectations, both from the job and of ourselves, because I think that relates to something that a lot of young adults um, experience there has been a lot of pressure to be high achievers, like uh, millennials and Gen Z, I think are the most highly educated generations, Um, but there is a lot of pressure. And I think there's also a lot of pressure, and we've addressed this some in a previous episode, on finding your passion and finding it right away and thinking that, you know, if I do what I'm meant to do or I find the right job that I'm passionate about or that's my calling, then I'm just going to love working. Um, and, and something that I shared previously in that episode is that, you know, I went into college thinking that I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And um, I realized after a couple semesters in that I didn't love it as much as I thought I did, but I couldn't actually switch at that point because I actually had a scholarship and all these things. So I had to stick with doing something that I was like, I don't know if this is my passion or not, but it just, you know, it ended all but in being great because I love what I do now, but it took a while and it took a while to kind of jump from thing to thing and work hard in the process to really get to that point where I felt like I did absolutely love what I did. But even still, there are times and seasons of work that are harder than others. And even in a job that's great, there's aspects that you don't always like. Um, And so how can someone, this leads me kind of to the next question I wanted to ask, How can someone wade through those difficult seasons in a work um, or even difficult aspects of a job that they enjoy or maybe not difficult, but kind of mundane or, you know, not their favorite aspects of the job that they have without burning out, like dealing with with those more unpleasant aspects while still maintaining a, a healthy attitude of work?
0: Right. I would say, first of all, I would ask the question, are you in a temporary season with high-scheduled demands that are temporary, or has overwork become a lifestyle? And I think the answer to those two questions would tell you a lot about where you are and what you need to do next. There was a survey of human resources professionals, and 46% of respondents blame burnout for up to half of their staff quitting each year. And one of the the things that I would recommend uh, is something that I, a tool that I've used many times in counseling, it's called rational emotive therapy. And that just means we're, instead of just being controlled by our emotions, what we realize is what we're telling ourselves about the situation is where we're experiencing our emotions. It's not just the situation itself, like the pressure at work or, a a boss or a coworker who's kind of hard to get along with. It's also what we're telling ourselves about that. So somebody might want to look that up and do a little more study on rational, emotive behavioral therapy. Um, Some people have found assertiveness training to be helpful uh, because that helps you learn to speak honestly, but you know, candidly, but not not in a rude manner.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I think another factor might be time management. Some people feel overworked during a season and uh, maybe they just need to learn to manage their own personal time or their work time a little bit better. And these same HR managers that, uh, that I was talking about, they said the factors that contributed to burnout mostly were unfair compensation. That was 41% of them. 32% said unreasonable workload and 32% said too much overtime or after hours work. So there's a legitimate uh, complaint about those kinds of factors that people are experiencing in their jobs. Um, So I think it's important to find a life work balance with a good rhythm of work and rest, and relaxation.
1: Yes, so important. And I do want to get into that even more. But while we're talking about overwork, um, there was actually an article from The Atlantic a few years ago. Again, we've talked about this in another episode. But it shows that um, more and more often people are finding their identity your sense of identity in their work that they do, and that this actually contributes to overwork because that's where people feel most like themselves, but it doesn't actually lead to happiness. And so, um, do you have anything to say about that in terms of like the difference of finding your identity and your sense of who you are in your job uh, versus understanding it as just something that you do?
0: I don't want to stereotype men and women, but historically, if you ask a woman that same question or a man that question of what do you do or where do you work or, or who are you or introduce yourself, men would typically talk about their jobs and their careers uh, because their identity, our identity as men is tied up in our jobs more than women typically be are. And women would be more like I'm, I'm a wife, I'm a mother and then might get to the job part so, um, the, the the men are probably worse than women when it comes to getting our identities from our jobs. And I would suggest try to separate your identity from your work. Get your identity from who God made you to be, not just your career. Um, and and people who work all the time, people who don't take time off, people who have no hobbies. Those are some of the reasons why some of that identity and overwork, uh, overlapping happens and, um, and th- they lose their identity of who they are as a person and it's all tied up into just their career or their job.
1: Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's such great information. And so let's go ahead and talk about some of the ways to fight burnout. You've been alluding to a few of them, but what are the antidotes or the preventative measures we can take to make sure that we've got a healthy balance?
0: In my research, what I found was, number one, I would say, of course, as a pastor and as a Christian, take care of your spiritual health, mm-hmm. because maintaining a genuine connection with God will help to sustain you through the challenging times uh, that you're facing, whether you're in ministry or in a secular career of some type. And I love what James four eight says. It says, come near to God and he will come near to you. And I would also say it's your responsibility to give attention to your spiritual condition. Proverbs 4.23 tells us, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Mm. Another coping strategy that would help avoid burnout, believe it or not, is gratitude. One study found that people who were asked for 10 weeks to make a weekly list of things they were thankful for were more positive about life than people who were asked to write down five aggravations over that same period of time. Wow. So having an attitude of gratitude makes a big difference in a person's life. Another coping strategy that I'd recommend is rest. No human being was ever created with the ability to manage uh, everything in life uh, with stress and pressure and all of that without having times of relaxation. Uh, One of the participants I interviewed told me he was burning the candle at both ends And he ended up in the hospital when he was 24 years old going through tests that senior citizens go through because of issues with his heart. Wow. Uh, Another one of the participants I interviewed ended up in the hospital at age 30 with ulcerative colitis that was caused by his workload. And doctors told him his colon looked like that of an 80-year-old and it was due to stress.
2: Mm.
0: And then another participant had panic attacks and high blood pressure due to job stress. And an illustration that I have used a few times is if you take a rubber band and you pull it with opposite fingers and you stretch it, a rubber band is a great little item to keep things collated and together. Mm -hmm. But if you pull that rubber band far enough, it will break because it's gone beyond its capacity. And individuals can collapse emotionally and physically without adequate rest. So all of us need to take a weekly day off. And if you know the Ten Commandments, you know that's one of the Ten Commandments is a day of rest. Uh, God called it his Sabbath uh, that, that we're to take. And by the way, it's the Ten Commandments, not the Ten Suggestions. Mm. And the Sabbath uh, the Sabbath law is, a, is an indication that both the physical body and the mind need regular rest. And the Bible says those who are unwilling to work are lazy, but the Bible also says those who refuse to rest are disobedient. There's another coping strategy that I would recommend, and it doesn't sound very spiritual, and I'm not telling you anything people probably don't already know, but you've got to develop a hobby. And it's different for all of us, uh, but find something that will replenish you. Some people jog, some people exercise regularly, some people uh, like to play golf or go fishing. For many years, my biggest stress reliever has been riding a motorcycle. Mm -hmm. I can go out even for an hour, and I can get out in the country, and that relaxes me more than anything else. Uh, Whether it's rock climbing or reading or cooking or music or playing games, anything. Everyone needs to find activities that will reduce stress and provide meaning and enjoyment and fulfillment. So it's important to have interest outside your job, uh, that will provide some stress relief. And again, that's going to be different for all of us. But then one more coping strategy that I'd recommend is uh, maintaining healthy and supportive relationships because isolation can really contribute to feelings of loneliness, which can can lead to burnout. And Frederick Buechner uh, wrote a lot of great books, but in Telling Secrets, his book Telling Secrets, he said, a bleeding heart is of no help to anybody if it bleeds to death.
2: Mm.
0: And a lot of times what we're trying to do in in the clergy and in the helping professions and in a lot of jobs, people just want to help other people. But if we're trying to help everybody else, but we're neglecting taking care of ourselves, then we're not going to be of any use to anyone else.
1: Wow, that's so wise. And I think that is going to relate to a lot of Our listeners who are millennials and Gen Z, regardless of what their exact profession is, because research has also shown that um, millennials and Gen Z, we really want to make a difference with our work. And so we want to have some sort of work uh, that we do believe in, that we feel like we're making a difference. And I think that's where it's hard, because if that's what we're passionate about, and then we try to do that through our jobs— then it can be hard to disentangle our sense of identity from our work and the job that we do. But that's so good. Your reminder that, you know, we have to be, we have to remember that we're more than that. We're not just the job that we do. And all of these, um, you know, tips, the thankfulness, the rest and taking care of ourselves and developing a hobby in those relationships are all so interesting. And I mean, based on research of what makes people the healthiest and the happiest, but um what does the Bible say because we we do come from a Christian perspective here on Know why and so we want to look into that as well. What does the Bible say about all of those tips that you just mentioned? Is there a biblical justification for kind of having that that healthy balance that you've talked about?
0: Yes, absolutely. It goes along with what I just mentioned about the Sabbath principle, being one of the 10 commandments that we all need a day of rest. So I would start with that one. In fact, I love Lance Witt's quote that I read in one of his books. He said, you can't live life at warp speed without warping your soul. Mm. And uh, so um, if you look at the scriptures, you see people who experienced symptoms of burnout. Now, the Bible doesn't use that term burnout, but Moses took on too much. Uh, He got tired of all the complainers he had to deal with. And his father-in-law, Jethro, gave him some good advice. He said, you need to delegate some of your tasks. So he set up sub-leadership to help carry the load. And then another example is Elijah, who was threatened by this wicked queen, Jezebel. And God. he ran from there, and God gave him a, an opportunity to rest and to sleep and to eat and then repeat. Mm-hmm. He woke him up and said, I want you to eat some more because you're going on a long journey. I want you to rest some more and eat some more. And he forced him to take care of himself, to slow Mm -hmm. himself down. Mm -hmm. David is another example of somebody who faced personal and national challenges. So one of the things that I like to do that I think is helpful for a lot of people is to read through the Psalms. David wrote a lot of those Psalms, and he pours out his heart, all of his emotions of what he was experiencing and going through with God uh, and and they're very comforting. So I would encourage people, uh, if they don't read the Bible on a regular basis, uh, at least start with Psalms and read through there. If you're exfe- experiencing burnout, it, it'll help you a lot. And then prayer is also another way. Get alone with God. Jesus did that. And if Jesus needed to get alone with his Heavenly Father, how much more do we need to do that?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And Jesus helped the apostles avoid burnout by combining um uh, three elements of, of retreating to a secluded location. He said, get away from the crowds, come on, let's go out in this mountaintop or somewhere and and take a break from the ministry responsibilities and then to set aside time to rest. And Jesus got his disciples to do that as well. Uh, and, and this is not a uh, necessarily a Christian, a completely Christian book, because it could apply to a lot of people. But one book that I recommend that, that was written by a Christian pastor, John Mark Comer, is called the, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I think your listeners would benefit from that book, uh, because I have. And we've been doing the small group series recently at our church on that, based on his teaching in that book. But I read the book several years ago, and I think it's fantastic to help people slow down and take a Sabbath and rest and relax.
1: Wow, that is so good. And I love the stories that you share from the Bible, because if somebody isn't super familiar with Scripture, or even if they are, even if they grew up in church and it's kind of like, okay, I've read this Bible story. Sometimes, you know, the the, the writing style or kind of that biblical language, like it can block us a little bit from realizing how relatable those stories are, you know, of like, there's so many people in the Bible who take naps and um, you know, they get away to rest. And like you said, if Jesus had time away, time alone to rest and commune with God, the father, then, you know, we really should be doing that. And yes, your point about the Psalms, I love the Psalms. Some of them are really angry and really sad. And if someone thinks the Bible just, you know, you need to be happy and positive all the time. That's not true. I mean, you, like you will see the full range of human emotion in there, but always pointing to hope and to what God has to say. And so it's so relatable, um, this ancient you know, wisdom that has been passed down that we have today. it There's so much good truth in there that is also happens to be backed by research of the things that we need to be healthy and to thrive in life and to thrive at work. So I love the fact that you shared that and you're just... I'm taking notes for myself too while you're talking um, on some books that I need to read and and some practices that I need to implement. And so we're getting close to running out of time, but I wanted to go back to something you said towards the beginning that was really interesting to me on the people most likely to experience burnout. You mentioned um, unmarried singles and then married people without children. Could you talk a little bit about those and why you think um, those people are more likely to experience burnout?
0: I think one of the reasons that married couples have a tendency from the, from the research that they have a tendency to not burn out as much is because there is a family support system there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They're focused on their marriage. They've got support from their husband or wife, for example. Um, you know, I've been married for a long time, and I just wouldn't want to try to make it without my wife. She is such a support to me and such a blessing to me personally. And so I think that's one of the reasons that married people sometimes can cope because they have somebody right there they can talk about. Sometimes I share some things with my wife and and she'll help me balance things out and sometimes Mm -hmm. she'll share things with me and I help her balance it out. And uh, we're good for each other. Um, If you're single, you need to find somebody, even if you're not married or have a, a significant other right now, find somebody, a friend of the same sex even who can encourage you and you can just share your feelings with. And uh, so I think that's one of the main factors is the isolation that people can feel Mm -hmm. uh, without having somebody close by to to talk to them. Uh, One of the ways that we find in churches that helps a lot is in small groups because you can share your feelings with uh, six or eight people around a table or in a living room And you can pray with each other and encourage each other. And uh, there's nothing like human relationships uh, to help ease that kind of stress that people are experiencing sometimes. So I think that's part of the reason.
1: Mm, Yeah, that's good. And I want to reference something that someone said on a previous episode. We um, had interviewed uh, Ben Bennett. He's the director of the Resolution Movement, um, which is dedicated to helping young people overcome uh, mental health issues and really learn how to thrive in life. So great ministry. But um, on his interview with No Why, he said, loneliness is not a lack of friends. It's a lack of meaningful connection. And um, something, you know, that's a kind of a theme across several different episodes that we've done. And again, based in research is that people— really need connection. You really need solid relationships in your life. And that, you know, if it doesn't have to be romantic, even if you're not married, especially, um, and, and even if you are married, you know, like you need a community, um, of, of support and of people. And so, and being connected and having lots of friends on social media, that's not the same thing as having those deep connections. So, um, regardless of, you know, whatever your belief systems are, get get in, get connected, Get go to a local church, do one of those small groups that Dr. Eddie is talking about, really connect with people um, because that's just something that is so good, um, not just to help balance your, your work-life balance, but all aspects of life. And so I'm really glad that you highlighted that. And I feel like there's so much that we could keep talking about relating to this topic, but we're about out of time. So Dr. Eddie... Do you have any resources um, or anything else that you would recommend for somebody who really wants to learn more about this and create a healthier balance in their own life?
0: Yes, Liberty. I appreciate that. Uh, I have my dissertation in a PDF form, and I would be happy to email it to anyone who requests it. So if they want to email me at my email address, you can post it on your website, but it's EDB541. That's E as in Echo, D as in Delta, B as in Bravo, 541 at gmail.com. And if anybody just wants to send me an email requesting it, I'd be happy to send them the PDF. And because there's a lot of resources listed in the back of references, and they can do a lot more research, even though it's written primarily for clergy, uh, still there's a lot of stuff in the, the literature review that applies to people. No matter what their jobs are. So I'd be happy to help uh, distribute that if anyone would benefit from it.
1: Well, thank you so much, Dr. Eddie. That is an amazing resource. Again, if you want to email Dr. Eddie and ask for that, he'll send it to you at edb541 at gmail.com. And you can also go to knowypodcast.com because um, every time we have a new episode, we post more information, the links that we've talked about. And so we'll have his email address posted there as well if you want to take advantage of that free re- resource. Um, and I know that I'm definitely going to do that. Dr. Eddie, is there anything you'd like to add today?
0: Just one more thing, I guess, based on what you were just saying about loneliness and and things. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a difference between being alone and being lonely. You can be in a crowded room of people and not know anyone and feel lonely.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Loneliness is not just being uh, away from people. Loneliness is that disconnection from people like you were just describing. So I just wanted to highlight that, that that is so true. So uh, I hope this has been helpful to your listeners, and I appreciate the opportunity to get to with you. It's been my honor to get to share with you.
1: Well, we appreciate you so much. This has been helpful. There's a wealth of information here. So thank you for listening. Please go to knowypodcast.com where you can... uh, catch up on all of the, the research that we've cited and you can look into that. You can get more free resources that will help you know how to thrive at work and avoid burnout. And if you've got a coworker or a buddy that you work with um, and you guys are you know in it together, send them this podcast and encourage them to listen to it as well because maybe the, the, some of the information in here could benefit them too. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week on the Know Why podcast.